Hello, listeners. This is Dr. Taylor Hartman with Very Best of Living. I'm with my good friend, Kat Larson. Kat, how are you? I'm good, Taylor. Didn't you go to a football game or something? How was it? Yeah. Let me tell you, the best of the football game was what I watched in Las Vegas that wasn't my team. <laughs> I mean, it was so good. The games over New Year's were, I don't oh my know. Gosh. I've, have, have you ever seen better ones? Like Oh, that Georgia game? Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. I, well, I still don't. I mean, I don't even know how it happened. <laughs> I don't either. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking that poor man that kicked the ball. I, I don't know how you ever like deal with that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we don't, we don't, we don't talk much about the pressure of those moments, but they're so real. Oh, and then we went down to the game for Utah. And of course they were like, I don't know where they were. They didn't show up. That's for sure. There was no team. They didn't look like themselves. No, they did not look like themselves at all. It was kind of one of those moments. It was fun to be there. I love being in a a real life game. I love those. They're fun to be at. But and the Rose Bowl so cool. It's so cool. It's such a, yeah. the festivities, honestly, before were more yeah. fun than the game. They were really, really oh, kind of fun, yeah. right? My brother was a coach at UCLA, so that's where they played. Oh, sure. It was just, yeah, it was just, it was so fun to go to those it's games. It's a beautiful place to be. And the games yep. are great fun, but that one, not so much. <laughs> yeah, I like, know, I know. Oh, well, I move know. on. But yeah, <laughs> but it really, it really was great just to go and get, and you know, for me to get away from the snow, I loved being out of the snow. For four days. It was just terrific. You're getting pounded, aren't you guys? Oh my gosh. We are getting, well, you're getting the water, right? Oh, oh, we got four inches of rain yesterday. Oh my goodness. That's so much. Yeah. I haven't seen the sun in like 10 days. Seriously. Might as well move to Oregon or Washington. Yeah, right? (laughs) And then, and then of course the destruction that comes from all these things that are being slammed. It's, it's yeah. kind of, of course, I always I have a laughing joke that says the news people, it doesn't matter how much weather you get. We're still in drought. <laughs> it didn't make Are a dent. Were you going to say that? Yeah. It doesn't make a dent. We absolutely. have to have 27 years of this for us to ever be able to live to recover. again and water our yard. Oh, I know. I told my pa- I told my husband who's a, it, like in, that's what he does. He's building a tunnel. They're fixing a tunnel for all the water for San Francisco. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like. Okay, Paco, tell me, we just got, there's floods, things are floating away, there's 27 feet of snow. Right. He's like, oh, you know, you know, the aquifers and the blah, blah. I'm like, I think it's, I think that's all just a scare tactic. Exactly. I don't know why. Somebody's hoarding water somewhere. They don't want us to use it. So they can raise our rates. (laughs) That's right. I think that's right. Well, it's, it's hard. It's hard when you really have these extremes and I, and I, and I certainly feel bad for people who experience the damage. We have not even been able to get to our place in Sundance. Like they got the most, they got five feet in oh like two days. So it's like, it's like been, um, we haven't gotten oh up there my. yet. Hopefully Do you know, our is, place is, is still there. Is somebody checking on your house? Uh, well, actually we have a, the guy who's plowing the entire community and um, they haven't even gotten to our house yet. So. Oh my tea, that's crazy. Should be interesting. I'll tell you, I never dull. Oof. So today, I thought we'd talk a little bit about adapting in life. Um, but I have okay. to start with my wife. My wife, she puts up these great little um, sayings uh, mm-hmm. that I love to death. And the, the one she put up right today was, don't blame the holidays. You were fat in August. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just, it's the best of the best. Don't blame the holidays. You were fat in August. <laughs> Because I like what I like about that is, of course, when I'm working with people who are blaming, they're always blaming, right? Right. Um, right. So 
the reason I want to talk about this is it's a little personal for me. I have a young man who is suicidal and he has set the date for him to die. Um, and I was, I was talking with him yesterday and I said, so tell me, understand what suicide offers you that not choosing to kill yourself won't. And he said, certainty. It offers oh. me finality and certainty. And I don't like the unknown. So if I can know something that's better than not knowing, I said, even to where you would kill yourself, he goes right now. Yes, that's where it's at. And I said, well, okay. So what if he believes nothing happens after you die? I believe there's life after death. So I said, well, what if I'm right and you're wrong? What if there is life and all you, all you create is an eternal ongoing realization that you jump too soon, that there's, there's always going to be the unknown. There's always going to be things to grow into and develop and you're still alive. Like you didn't die. It's not over. And he goes, well, that would be different. So I thought about that in terms of people's thinking, like they're the mindset people carry through life, whether it's positive or negative uh, and how that impacts the quality of their life in this young man's situation. He's a wonderful young man, smart, it, it, honestly, a very good problem solver although you wouldn't believe that with what he's doing with his life. Right. Mm -hmm. But he's so sensitive that the idea that I don't know that I'll find a girl who will want me with my limitations. I don't know that I'll find a career that I could really like love and, and commit to. So maybe it's easier just to kill myself and be done. And honestly, the only thing holding him back is what it will do to his family. That that's his big holdback. So you can imagine as listeners what's weighing on my mind right now when I've got this young man who's got to set a date for the end of the month. Mm -hmm. And I am trying to help him see uh, ways, strategies to deal with the unknown, to adapt. Mm. Right? Yeah. I mean, I what a great question that you asked and being able to look at that and say, you know, I mean, because I think there, I think that unknown, especially the last three years yes. Um, that has impacted people in that unknown and wanting to be certain because, you know, something like COVID comes along or, or, you know, all of the police stuff or, I mean, you can pick anything actually Correct. Correct. in the last three years economics. and there is economics, there is unknown. There are just, it's, and but it comes, it's like you are face to face with it. Not, it's not in the history books or, no. you know, a couple States away. It's like right in your face. Well, I want to, I want to talk a little bit about that. I see, I, I see COVID as trauma. It was trauma. Like yep. for a lot of people recovering from that has not just been like a flip a switch and move on for, right. for others of us. It is like, okay, okay. We got through it and that's it. And move on. We're very good about letting go, washing the past, moving forward. Others are not. So trauma in their life, whether it's somebody sexually abusing them when they're younger, whether it's a divorce, they don't think should have happened whether it's a career they, they, they lost an opportunity they should have had, they, mm -hmm. that trauma sits inside them and they don't move forward. They don't ever become their best self again. And I think that's something our listeners ought to think about. Am I letting trauma, am I letting unknown things that damaged me stay the course of my life, allow, mm -hmm. not allow me to become what I could become if I could let it go? That's that's a big trauma I have with a therapist is somebody I see potential in that can't let go of something that is done. It happened. It's over. It's gone. But 
it's not. So for them, the longer they hang on to it and fight for it, the harder it is for me to help them see a future. How do you do it though? How do you try to let them let go? Well, I have to let them, like one, one person I had her actually write all the things she felt in the trauma, what she experienced, what she understood. People don't understand the power of writing, Kat. They don't get it. Like right. when, you, when you, she she mocked it. She thought that's a ridiculous thing to do. But when she read to me all the things that she had felt in the trauma, she literally was releasing this, like crying and tears. And she goes, I can't believe I'm emotionally letting go of all these things I've held inside me for so long. I think she wanted to be heard by somebody who cared. Yeah. So by her doing the work of writing it all down and then sharing it um, and then putting it away. Okay. I can move forward now. Can I ask a question about trauma? So, so just like research wise, I mean, we tend to, as humans, not want to think about it, right? Like let's push it away. Right. Let's not, right. let's not think about it and, and let's not talk about it. But you, what I'm hearing you say is it really is better to visit it and face it and go through it and with the help of a professional, um, you know, be able to go, okay, you are now experiencing it. What does bringing that up do? What does yeah. it do? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, the, here's the reality. When you experience trauma, you experience it with irrational thought. Like you are traumatized. You're not thinking your best self. You're not thinking straight. You're not putting uh -huh. all possibilities in, in a line. You're just experiencing as you experienced it. So if I experienced trauma like 15 years ago, like where I was then versus where I am now is not the same place. I could use gifts I have now to address what happened to me then that I didn't mm -hmm. have at the time. So you're trying to help people reassess, okay, here's what happened. Tell me what it has meant to you, how it's colored your thinking, and why you're still choosing to hold on to it. I, it's interesting you say that because I was working with a man, very successful, very high-powered, very charactered, wonderful human mm -hmm. being. And uh, he said something that really struck me. He said, I, I never wanted my kids to be entitled. And so... When my daughter graduated, I said to her, I would help you with college for a year, maybe. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I said to a boy who was raised pretty much on his own, nobody really was there for him. I gave him a four-year scholarship. I would pay for everything for four years for him to be educated. And I said, so you still haven't gotten over the fact that you were raised that way. You really can't let that go, can you? He goes, well, it's just not fair. I want equity. I want people to have the right to have opportunities. I said, uh -huh. so what your daughter did was not equal in your mind to what that boy had done. And I wonder how that made her feel. <laughs> and I'd like you to go ask her. And I'd like you to rethink why you wouldn't say to her, you earned a four-year scholarship as well. Why you would not do that for her. As opposed to staying stuck in your own trauma of what happened to you and actually punishing someone who you tell me is not entitled. She's not that way. But he's still stuck, Kat, in his own trauma of why he had to do what he did. So he won't allow his children to get any freebies. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, and, you, and, and what you find is like the longer people don't, I mean, you can push stuff down a lot for a long, long time, right? right. Like you can push trauma down and not talk about it for a long, long time. Right. And then- and then all of a sudden, 
I mean, it does seem to reach critical mass, like shoving crap down inside well, of you. It colors parts of your life you aren't even aware of. Like it, it'll cause you to, like this man, what he was doing, he was totally oblivious to it coming from his childhood. Totally oblivious. And and yet, and so the reality is it's seeping out whether you like it or not. It's not, right. not, it's That's not, point, not right? affecting you. It is affecting you. But yes. use your rational skills. And the reason I like a professional involved is because they can help guide you and keep you from falling off the edge, like getting stuck in your irrational thinking, for example. But they so have correct. to care about you. Like they want you to get become whole. And sometimes they have to ask you very tough questions, like the one I ask, which is why are you still hanging on to that? What are you getting from that that you would hang on to that? Nothing. I'm getting nothing. Well, obviously you are or you wouldn't hang on to it. Everything what do you find people, what do you see as a therapist that people do get from it? Uh, I, I have a, excuses. Like I was wronged. And oh. that, that's a wonderful feeling of the victim. Like, what was me? I didn't deserve that. Well, I don't know anybody, for example, I, I get so tired of these people who kill someone because they were traumatized or bullied. Most people were bullied or traumatized in some way. <laughs> it doesn't right, mean you right. have a right to take a gun and kill somebody. That's just right. nonsense. But if you stay irrational and prefer to be a victim, then that trauma continues to own your life and control you. So it's really good to talk about it, put it out there and face it. it it's like, I think we have to work on adapting to life. Like, like it's funny as you're aging, for example, if you don't mm -hmm. learn to adapt, you're miserable mm -hmm. and you won't die. I'm not saying you're going to die, but you're going to be a crumpy, angry, distant um, kind of person. And you'll justify it because you're a victim of your body is failing. That but that is well, not make you happy. No. And I think that between, you know, between, you know, social divisions and political divisions and, and what's happening in our world right now. I mean, I do feel like we're kind of at, at that, a fever pitch yeah. of, of disconnect, we are. we are, you know, and, and the fact that we don't recognize each other anymore, like, you know, as on people. the other side as people, yes, I mean, you're right. on, on the other side of it as, and I think that, you know, I think for a while, I don't know, I'd love to hear your, your ideas on this. Like, so we go from, you know, the sixties where everybody was kind of like independent and be on my own, you know, from a, from a community mindset, 40s, 50s, after the war, 40s, 50s, like community mindset, right? right. It seems Very like community. what's going on. Right. Then, then like to, I want to do it on my own. Free-spirited. Free-spirited. I can stand on my own. I don't need um, independence from, right. um, which I think is good too. But I think we've, it's almost like that individuality has become too much. It's like we now are so disconnected, don't recognize each other. I don't know. This is my like, you know, 101 um, right. worldview. Right. But it, it no, but it good. is disconnect because the suicides aren't getting better. You're talking about it. They aren't. The no. things aren't getting better. Well, and, and I do believe, for example, I, I look at um, anxiety. It, mm -hmm. it is amazing to me how we have, first of all, we ignored mental health completely. We didn't even believe right. in it, right? Now right. it consumes us. I'm like, are we all sheep? Like, do you think everything just changed overnight and everybody's anxious now? But what's sad about that is that people are now culture and society are buying into, well, yes. of course we're anxious. Why would we not be? And then right. people start thinking, well, then I'm normal to be this way. 
as opposed to what can I do to feel more confident, have more faith, um, try things and do things that I'm not, I don't have to succeed necessarily. I'm going to put the energy right. out and try it. If we as a society don't get our act together and we keep feeding into this poor mental health mindset, that is going to be destructive, very destructive because it prevents people from really doing good things in their life and committing and connecting to other people as well. Well, and per, you know, the color code, I mean, my ability because of the information, I right. mean, I don't need, we don't need to sell it. I'm not, this is not about that. It's about the fact that to really understand and to deeply listen and recognize the differences in humans and then get in an engaged conversation with them right. that is that is not about, I don't want to talk to you because of right. your differences, right. but I want to know about your differences so we can, you know, communicate. connect, communicate, get each other, be engaged at a, a, a beautiful level of, you know, um, it, it's happened. It's this interesting. It happened over Christmas. Um, we went over to a, this friend's house, not a friend. It's just our neighbor. We don't right. know her very well, but we went over and we walked in and uh, the, the mom goes to shake my hand and I just went to hug her. And yeah. I said, and I, I got embarrassed for a second. And then I just said out loud, <laughs> I know it's so obnoxious. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't shake hands. I hug. Yeah. And and after COVID and all of this stuff yes. that goes on. And so she hugs me and she goes, oh my gosh, I haven't gotten a hug in so long. Yeah. And I thought, okay. And not that everybody would do that. That was just right. a, a good thing. <laughs> right, right. She responded well. But, yeah, but but breaking down some of that that stuff that- Yeah, I think, we, I think we, you're right. We're starting to accept know? and believe. Yes. I think that's a very the, good point. We should fight that against that instead of just buying yes. into it. Yeah, I agree with that. 100%. Yeah. Yep, I do. Because it's it is there's so much shame around some of this yes. stuff like oh gosh, I'm a hugger. Oh, I'm right, out there. Right. You know, or or just even understanding that real recognition is like the good and the bad, the strengths and the limitations. Like let's just break it down to what people like. Well, what is she talking about? I'm talking about looking at my husband who's a blue, looking at his strengths right. and limitations and going, how do I value that? Well, I think about Monica, our last guest, who's such a, a rich uh, environment of loving and valuing and accepting yes. and inviting and very effective at obviously getting her job done. Oh, so she, she blends the two so well. And I think it's sad when people that are listening are not able to say, you know, what is it I need to work on to make right. my relationships more effective? So is it, maybe it's being quiet. Maybe it's being a hugger. Maybe it's being a question, ask questions. I mean, there's a thousand things you can do in life to improve who you are. But if you're not committed to that process, you're buying into whatever the culture norm is and believing it's acceptable. And I do think it's very important, especially like you said, Kat, that we fight against these now new stereotypes that are yeah. validating our existence at a much lower level than I think they should be. That's where we well, need to step up. And, and based on, you know, based on numbers, anxiety, medication, uh, suicides that's growing in yeah. our teen population. Right. Right. With our teens. Let's just stop there. It's, you know, let's just say, well, how do we help the, our young One kids? of the biggest problems with our young people that really bothers me the most is we do not teach them to do hard things anymore. Yeah. We want their life to be easy. Now wake up people. Look what we have done to them. We've taken away from them the chance to create an identity of something they've done. that's difficult. And we've made it too easy for them. Taken away their muscle it's like this, this new AI thing. Have you seen that cat where they have a 
you can literally get a paper written in three seconds. No. It is the most amazing, like bizarre to me. So what happens is you go onto this website and I say, um, write a paper for me about the color code by Dr. Taylor Hartman as though he wrote it. And it wrote it as though I wrote it. So it was, it's, it's massive. It's, it's, it's going to probably destroy college in the next five years. Like, I don't know how you can continue to do what you're doing because they have it for math and they have it for writing. So literally my, so my kids and I were talking about this and they were saying how things wonderful. And I said, (laughs) I think it's horrendous. I said, if you don't, if you don't physically lift a weight, Mm -hmm. you do not develop muscle. Like it does not, it atrophies. So if you don't use your brain, if all you do is plug this into, you know, this AI and it gives you whatever you need, you never use your brain for anything other than that. How do you develop your brain? What do you do to develop it? If you're not problem solving and being creative and designing, and if you're not doing that stuff with your brain, I feel the same about the soft skills of emotional intelligence. If you're not forgiving people, if you're not reaching out to people, if you're not trying something different, if you're not right. doing those things, you're atrophying. And that's what that to me is our mission cap is to let people wake up and realize there's got to be a better way to live. And part of it is teaching young people to do the difficult things, yeah. not the easy. When you say difficult things, when you say, you know, it's, it's, we don't let them do the hard things. Yeah. So give me, so I'm a parent listening Tell me what I'm doing. I might not even be aware that I'm not letting them do the hard things. Yeah. Right. So tell me some things you see that like, we are not letting. They go to lunch at school and they've got to take their lunch. Okay. They don't eat. That's okay. Lots of kids don't eat lunch and mm-hmm. they'll remember their lunch tomorrow. But no, we run over there. We can't imagine them going without lunch for the day. <laughs> There's no mm-hmm. consequences. We always make it okay. Or you have a child who's, um, not paying their bill mm-hmm. on um, a credit card. Mm-hmm. You have plenty of money. So you, you just, you know what? I'll just cover it. We do stuff like this all the time. We make it easy rather than saying, well, what are you going to do about that? What are you going to cut back on? My favorite situation with people financially is when you say to them, um, okay, so you're having some financial problems. When you sell the boat, then we'll help you. They're like, well, I can't <laughs> sell the boat. That's the only enjoyment I have. <laughs> So you start seeing this irrational thinking in people uh, like right. the child who says, you're going to let me go to school hungry. No, you let yourself go there hungry, not me. And as soon as they learn that dynamic about, Oh, I'm responsible for my life. They improve, they get better. But if they can manipulate me and work me to make it okay for them not to grow up and do hard things, they never get hard. They never get strong. They never become adults. And that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's um yeah. Or you, or you I mean, have a fight with your friend. Go figure it out. Go talk to yeah. him. All right, we got to quit for today, Kat. No. That was good. <laughs> always it was good. Always a pleasure. Listeners, thank you so much for being with us on this journey. Uh it's a, it's kind of an interesting time in the world in my mind. So yes. we're glad to be well, on thank this goodness journey. we have thank goodness we have some um, you know, some breadcrumbs to follow. I yes. think it's great to go. Yep. Hey, you know, color code and, and, right. and, and, you know, putting yourself out there and emotional intelligence and tools. And so go out and do something. Apply Take an them and use them. Right. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Love you guys. Talk next Love week. You. Bye-bye. Bye now.
Hey, Color Code family, it's Kathy Larson. I want you to take down a number. I want you to put this in your contact list under the people code. The number is 385-526-2350. Again, 385-526-2350. Text the word VIP to that number and you'll get back from us a request for your name and your email. That way we'll be in touch with you on anything that's happening at the People Code, any offerings, exciting things that are coming up, and you can let us know what your needs are by texting us at that number. Look forward to staying connected even more. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.